<laughs> but believe me, just because of what we've done tonight, somebody is going to come into this sanctuary because we have obeyed God. Because God chooses the foolish things of the earth to confound the wise. What we're doing doesn't make a lot of sense in the natural. Somebody walks in and he sees you. Don't know, what are they doing? These people, they've lost it. What are they doing? Well, what do they mean by this? But I'm telling you, because of what you've done, and God chose you tonight to be here. These are the people among our congregation. He wants for, uh, to be here tonight. And because you've touched it, somebody's going to sit in that seat. And he says, I just feel good. I feel good. And that's because your hands. Your hands. Remember what the scripture says about your hands? They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. If laying on of your hands on a sick person can cause them to recover, believe me, you don't have ordinary hands. Amen. You don't have ordinary hands. And laying them on this, like Paul, aprons from him, sent overseas, over different places, and people were healed. That's how powerful. Because you are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. We've obeyed the Lord tonight. And I believe he's heard us. And we've prayed. And now we have to look for the result. Amen. Look for it. Look for it. Ask me, Pastor, we did this. I want the result. That means you are expecting. Many times we don't expect much. Expectation is faith in action. So when we expect, our faith is working. We don't get discouraged. We stay in that expectancy. And God's going to do his work for us. Amen? Amen. Wonderful. I got one more hour to preach. <laughs> Amen. It's good to have every one of you here tonight. That's so wonderful. Um, I'm going to continue with the message. Um, this not correct, right? I need to know how far I need to go. Okay. Yeah, it's 8 o'clock. This is 2.34. <laughs> that means I have a lot of hours. I don't have much message to give. <laughs> All right. Tonight, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our hearts are ready to receive from you. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. Even if it's that brief, speak to our hearts and transform our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. One thing we need to say, as it comes to my heart, we need to say it. Please raise your right hand. No more, please say it, no more spiritual weakness. Amen. So shall it be. We need to believe that with all of our hearts. I really believe that God wants all of us to be great in his kingdom. And I believe he's never too late. I believe he's never too late. If there is a voice in your heart that says, I don't think I got what it takes. You are leaning on your own strength. And it won't get you very far. It's never too late with God. The only thing that holds us back is desire. If you have no desire, God can't do anything with you. 
Remember what it says in Mark 11. He will give you the desire of your heart. What things soever you desire. What things soever you desire. When you pray, it says to believe. And in Mark chapter 9, it makes it very clear to us. If you can only believe all things, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, it doesn't matter how tough the situation is being. It's never too late with God. The night is not already here. Jesus says we can walk, we can work while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. But you are still alive. The night has not come for you. There is still hope. You can still work. God can still make you make greatness come out of you. Never give up. Never give up. Satan will always bring discouraging circumstances to you. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. He never ceases to comfort us and to encourage us. Never to give up. The Bible says we should never give up. Don't be weary in well-doing. He says. Because you will reap in due season if you don't faint. So it's never too late. Never entertain that kind of thought in your heart. We come into this word of wisdom. Don't even think it. As long as God is alive, God's not dead. He rose from the dead. Jesus died and he rose from the dead. He is still alive for us. He rose for us to do us good. He rose for us. He lives for us. He's praying for us. He wants to give us the best. He is right there at the Father's right hand, pleading with the Father, saying, I want you to give them the best. I died for it. It's never too late. The only thing that can hold us back is our desire. If we desire it, God can walk through those circumstances. No matter how difficult they are, God, there is still time with God. Maybe not time with man, but with God, time is always there. God can always do it. We must never give up. We must never be discouraged. That's what God told Joshua. He says, be courageous. Be of good courage. Don't allow discouragement. Stand firm. Because your light is right there with you. God wants to bless his children. He wants us great. We talked about greatness. When God calls, and every one of us that he's called, he calls to greatness. If you read the scriptures carefully, and I'm going to go back to this in future message, just to help us understand the same calling that Abraham had is our call. No difference. There is no difference between the call when God called Abraham as an individual. That was one person. And God was using Abraham as an example of what he was going to do to every one of us. And he said to Abraham, in you shall all the nations, every family of the earth will be blessed. Every single family. Do you belong to a family? Of course you belong to a family. 
God said, I'm going to show the same thing that I'm doing with you. I'm going to spread it, and it will be part of every single family on the earth if you desire. If you listen and you obey that call. So when he called Abraham, his call to Abraham was for greatness. Genesis 1, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. We are still going to that land today, amen? The land is over there. We must never forget that. A lot of Christians forget that we're going somewhere. This is not our home. This is not where we belong. We are strangers here on this earth. Just like Abraham and the rest of them. And and that's what Jacob told Pharaoh. We're strangers. They were looking for another place. And Abraham was looking for a land. When God said, follow me, Abraham wasn't looking for something physical made by, with hands. Abraham was looking for a city built by God himself. That was, that was in his mind. And that's our call. We're looking for that city. But in that process, God made Abraham great. <laughs> I mean, Abraham had an army in his home to defeat nations. The people were scared of him because God called him. And God has called us to greatness. God said to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. So God blesses. But we are talking about wisdom for greatness. Wisdom from God for greatness. And the Bible makes it clear. And we're going to be talking more about the wisdom of God. That's where I'm going. The wisdom of God and how that blesses our lives and keeps us going. They will become great in God. And Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 makes it clear. It tells us wisdom is the principal thing. In other words, if you look in natural life, if you're looking for something, the best thing to look for is wisdom. He says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. That means you're not born with it. That means we're not talking about natural wisdom that you were born with. We're not talking about common sense. And we talked about the fact last week that common sense is not even common. You got to have common sense. But you're born with that. But this, you're not born with. This is God's wisdom. Is the wisdom from above that you can get. You don't get something until, un- unless it's something that you can go and get. You got to go to it to get it. And so he says, to get wisdom. Therefore, he says, wisdom is the principal thing. In life, that's the number one thing. Therefore, get wisdom. It's something you can get. Get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding as well. So wisdom is the principal thing. What made Solomon great? Wisdom. That's all he needed. God was pleased with Solomon because Solomon understood what was the principal thing in life. And that's what he tells us. Wisdom is the principal thing. He didn't want, he could care less about money. God, I need wisdom. That's all he needed. Because if I can wrap my hands around wisdom, 
The rest will follow. Wisdom is what he needed. Wisdom made Solomon great. But notice the wisdom we're talking about was not wisdom that was not wisdom that Solomon was born with. That's encouraging to me that Solomon lived to be an adult before God delivered the wisdom from above to him that changed his destiny. And why is God telling us that? God's telling us that because he wants us to know that the same wisdom that was available to Solomon is still available to everyone who calls upon the name of Jesus if you desire it. If you desire it, God will deliver it to you and it will change your life in the natural. It's hard to believe that because we're saying, ah, I don't know if God will deliver that to me. Well, because we're not willing to believe God. We're not willing to trust God that God can transform our lives and make it something different. And we have to look to God and God alone. This is so important. Solomon wasn't born with it, but he, he asked for it. He asked for it. But how did he ask for it? He, he asked fully in his heart. I'm sure Solomon already knew. Solomon didn't t- tell God, well now God, could you give me one day to think this through so I can come back, tell you what I wanted? No. He already got it figured out. He knew what he wanted. And he gave sacrifices to God, committing himself to God, killing 1,000 bulls, a sacrifice. He was excited about God. If I could get God, I know what I mean. And God appeared, no question. He knew exactly what he wanted. Give me wisdom. And God says, I'm pleased with that. I'm going to deliver it to you. And that transformed this man who was one of the youngest in his family. And he told God, I don't have the wisdom. I, I can't run your people. This is, this is a great nation. I need your help. I need wisdom. And God said, you got it. It wasn't a tangible thing. Amen. It's not something that you can feel. We like to feel. Ooh, I just feel the wisdom coming. No, you ask and God delivers it to you and you are totally unaware of it. And then the next thing, thoughts are going through your head and you're wondering where is this coming from? Amen. It's just delivered to you. You don't have to feel electricity for God to deliver this to you. But that changed Solomon's life. And James tells us, if anyone lacks wisdom, that's in James chapter 1 verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, he says, you can ask of God who gives all liberally. God is willing to deliver us. And I, I, I started thinking about that. And I started, why is the Holy Spirit telling James to tell us to ask for wisdom? Because wisdom is so important in your Christian work, in your spiritual life, in your material life, in your relationships. Wisdom, not natural wisdom, but supernatural wisdom from God is so important. I need it. So that wisdom, uh, James says, God will not upbraid you. He won't reproach you. He won't say you're asking too much. He's going to deliver it to you. He says, God's willing to give that to me. And if God says he's willing to give that to me, I want to ask him for more of it. You have to be like Elisha. I want a double portion. I want more of this wisdom of God. 
in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10, he says, verse 10, and I'm going to read verse 10, and I'm also uh, going to read uh, verse 11. It says, receive my instruction and not silver. Money is not the issue here, he says. And knowledge rather than choice gold. The knowledge of that's what he's going to deliver to you. Knowledge. What kind of knowledge is he talking about? It says, because wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things one may desire on this earth cannot be compared with her. Let me give you some knowledge, he says. Let me give you some instruction, he says. And the instruction I want to give to you is this. You don't need silver. You don't need gold. How many knew Solomon knew that when God appeared to him? Because wisdom is going to deliver all of those things to you. And you know you got the wisdom of God. These are not, these are not that important. They follow you. Amen? Because you got God's wisdom. They will eventually catch up with you. That's what he's saying. Wisdom is better than rubies. And everything on earth that you may desire cannot be compared to wisdom. Because wisdom will deliver greatness to you. But then if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, and I will also read verse 30, this is very important. How many know you are called by God? Just like God called Abraham. You're called. Now listen to what he says. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks and Gentiles, both Jews and Greeks, to those who are called by God, Christ is the power of God and what? And the wisdom of God. If God has called you, know this, that Jesus Christ in your life, that's the power of God, and that's the wisdom of God to you. That's the wisdom from heaven. That's the wisdom that will deliver greatness to you. Verse 30 says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus. Of God you are in Christ Jesus. Who became for us wisdom. Jesus became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. All of those. All we needed, Jesus. All we need is Jesus. That's the wisdom. For the old te- from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. All we need is the fullness of Jesus in your life. A greater desire for Jesus in your life. Jesus has become to us the power of God and also the wisdom of God. So that our lives can impact other lives. That's greatness. That's greatness. Jesus in you 
can so change the lives of people around you that even after you're gone, your life, the light of God in you, that greatness that was in you never dies because it's incorruptible. That's Jesus. That's the wisdom from heaven that will never die. Even when your flesh dies, that wisdom goes on and still touches life. That's greatness. Abraham's life, God made him a blessing, and his life brought blessings to us. And you shall every family of the earth be blessed. That's what he said. It's so amazing how we can just not have greater desire for the things of God and just it's okay. God understands. No drive. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. You don't draw near to God. God cannot break his principle just to please you. He can't do that. And guess what? When God moves, if you draw near to God, God draws near to you, right? What happens if you move away from God? If that's obvious, if that's correct, then when you move away from God, God himself, and guess who moves into that vacuum? Guess who moves into that vacuum? There is no vacuum with God. Who can move in? And we got trouble. And we got confusion. No wisdom. And we are making wrong decisions. We are holding ourselves. And we are leaning on our own understanding because God's no longer there. And sometimes the things that God will tell you don't make sense. And people will even laugh at you. And they will even say crazy things because they don't understand. They live for this life. And sometimes Christians will do the same thing because they're so far from God, all they see is this life. They don't realize there is a bigger life coming. And this bigger life can impact your life right here. Because they moved away from God, so they got no understanding, no wisdom of what true life is about. They live for today and what today can deliver to them. Until you die, a few days later, your life has no impact. You got no prison in God that will carry you on. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all I'm leaving for today. By the grace of God. That's what's important to me. I know I'm not going to live here forever. If Jesus tarries, I'll go home. Would to God that at least I've touched a life, maybe a younger person. To say, Pastor, because of your life, because of your family's life, I've chosen to follow God. That's an incorruptible thing. We're not taking Christianity as seriously as we could. We should. No prayer life. No Bible study. No waiting under the Lord. It's just whatever comes. It's never that way. What caused the life of God's son cannot be held lightly. We're not talking about works. We're talking about grace. 
because grace is a teacher. You can walk towards it. But if your heart desires it, grace will deliver it to you. But if your heart doesn't desire it, grace will not be there for you. Some of the message I was sharing on Sunday, he says, therefore, come. Therefore, let us come to the throne of grace, right? Some people know the throne of grace is there but they don't come. They don't go. They want it to be delivered to them, but God says, come. Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. They won't come, but they expect every blessing from God without going to the throne of grace. You won't do what it takes. Not works. It's to go there so you can find grace. So you can obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's not works. It's desire. Amen. When you desire, you go. And it's not a work to go. If you got no desire, you sit back and inherit the wisdom of the world. That's Paul says you're vanishing away. There's the wisdom in the world, but Paul says that wisdom is vanishing away. We need greatness from God. We need greatness. I need everyone here tonight. Make a decision in your heart. The decision is just what it is. Decision. Because the power is not there for us. We don't have it. I don't have it. But I want it. Amen? And it's by faith. I want it and I trust in God that will deliver it to me. I believe in His word that says whatever you commit to Him. I believe that word so strongly by the grace of God. And this is not bragging because I don't have anything else to, to, to hold on to. I've got to hold on to something. So I believe this word with all of my heart. That whatever I commit to God, he is able to keep it for me. When I commit my heart to God, he is able to keep. But I have to desire and look at my circumstances and say, God, I can't do it. It's so far from me. That's true wisdom. I need God. You see, God's a gentleman. He won't just button to your, button to your life. He doesn't do that. He's a gentleman. That's why Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. Why will the God of heaven, with all the power that he has, stand at the door and not come in when he has the right as God to do whatever he wants. But he won't come in until you open the door. He's not coming in. He stays right out there. But when you desire him, you fling the doors open. And he'll come in right away. Because you kept him out there for a while. But we have to desire this thing. We have to desire to be great. We have to desire to touch other lives. We're talking about praying and laying hands on all of this. Well, I can do it by myself. We got to work together. That's why we're doing this growth track thing. That's why we want the small groups. So you, you have somebody, even after you go, not just a natural born child, but also a spiritual child that God has used you to put poor wisdom that he poured into you, into the life. So if Jesus tarries and you go home, your work is still producing right here. For you after you're gone. 
There is nothing greater than that. There is nothing greater than that. Do you know why Billy Graham is still out as old as he is? They're trying to get people to God. My wife and I were traveling and, and Angela, you know, she really wanted to see that thing. That's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. For a man, 90, how old, 95 years old? Man, he, his, his mind is still focused. He knows, he, he said, I don't know how long I've got here. Those people challenge me and I think, what, what, how, God, how did you make that man? How did you put him together? At 95, he's still like that. Woe to God, at 95, many just want to sit at home and retire. We shall retire him. And he's not working for many. He's working for eternity. True greatness. So after he's gone, people are still talking. That man. People, generations later, fathers telling their children, I listened to that man. It's something. And they pause it to their children as well. And their children to their friends. There's nothing greater than this. This is true wisdom. This is true wisdom. Woe to God that everyone in the art fellowship will pull this to their heart and decide, I'm going to reach out to, to God and win souls for the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. I still have a lot to say about wisdom and the power of wisdom in our lives and what wisdom can deliver for us. I believe that tonight, because of what we did here, there is a change in your heart. Amen? There is a change and a desire. Keep looking. Don't just come to church. Don't just be a pew woman or a chair woman, as the case may be here. But look out for people as they're walking and as you're out there. Just one more soul for the master. Amen? Just one more soul for the master. You may not, you may say what and get no seed. No, nothing seems to be happening. But they won't forget you. And they won't forget your face. Even when you just tell them, I was, God brought you in my heart last night and I was praying for you. You know what that says to them? God's thinking about me. Because he told me. I was thinking about you yesterday. God brought you in my heart. When you say, God, but you never know. Maybe they were going through something, right? And just those words say, oh, wow. God knows where I live. They have greater respect for you. They begin to come to you with their prayer requests. Do you know what's happening? There's a transformation going on in them. You may plant the seed. Someone else will water that seed. God will want to give you increase. Stand up with me tonight. God's about to do a work at the Earth Fellowship. 
And I'm believing God that no one is left behind. And I'm praying to God to put his dream in your heart like you've never known before. Jesus warned us about our first love. Remember? He warned us about that. And I'm going to cry out to God, please. Yes. 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 I need that fire here. I need that fire here. I need that first love here. I need to serve you. Not as pastor, but as a child of God. I need to serve you. I need to fulfill. I need to work for the cause of Christ. I need to. That's why I live. Jesus lived 33 years for me. Every single day, he wasn't living for himself. He was living for me. For me, so I can live with the Father. That's a true thing. That's a true thing. That's what he did for me. And it behooves me to give him everything. To give him everything. How many tonight going to give God everything? And ask God, put that fire in my heart. Put that fire in my heart. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. And tell him, God, put that fire in my heart. Put that fire in my heart. No more spiritual laziness. No more. No more. I don't want that. And everything you divorce yourself from, God rules it out in heaven. So that that's no longer part of your life. No more discouragement. No more. I'm going to bury myself in the word of God. I'm going to bury myself in prayer. I'm going to commit to God. Not to pastor. Not to the Ark Fellowship. But to God. Yes, part of the Ark Fellowship. But to God. That's what we need. Holy Spirit, please. Master. Hear us tonight. And kindle a fire in us. Kindle a fire in us. That we cannot contain. In the name of Jesus. Do a new work in us tonight. Right here. For your word says. Today is the day of salvation. This is the right time. This is the expected time. Today is that day. This is the right time. Do the work. Kindle that fire in our hearts tonight. So that we can live for God. And burn. Burn as light in the world. Thank you, Father. My life will never be the same. My life will never be the same. My life will never be the same. Say the words with me. My life will never be the same. My life will never be the same. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. God bless you with this ministry.